on the spencer's of pez Goking out at the cons, renaissance fests Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch As the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch Turn to the letter F in your dictionary And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby The Fanboy Planet Podcast. An entire musical episode? Here's your host, oh. a man who just had Derek, his Derek, own Derek, Super Derek, Wednesday. Derek, Derek. What? What is he doing? I don't I'm know. Doing the back chant for the musical. Uh, Derek McCaw, <laughs> everyone. Um, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. It is, what the heck is it? Wednesday, March 7th. And we are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104, Santa Clara, California. Stop doing the contrapunto. uh, Hey, dude. I thought this was non-explicit. Okay, All right. Once again, Elusive Comics and Games, 275 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. And we're kind of mixed up tonight at the table. We're we're back in the used... uh, (laughs) Just tonight? Yeah. uh, But, I mean, we're we're in a new angle. Uh, This is where we used to be. This is a long time ago. A long time ago. And now... uh, But we're in the back issue bins. Um, (laughs) And I feel like we are literally in the back issue bins. And we kind of got pushed back. Like when you get seated at the restaurant and you're all the way back by like the we're kitchen the people. That's where or we the, are. the yeah. bathrooms. Right. That's where we're at. We're now. The people that didn't dress well enough to be put up by windows. Well, we're still also looking at the new releases. But so I will are. say I like this that. though, sound wise, we're a lot more secluded. So we're probably going to have a better sounding podcast. That may be, but what I'm looking it's at like now is, sound is normally you're right next to me, but now you're You just get to stare table. into my luscious no, baby browns. No, I like browns. this because now you're not turning your right away from the microphone okay. to yell at me, okay. yeah. to well, chastise me. I can just look forward and yell at you, so who are you? And you can't reach me either. Nate, you better not be his enforcer. <laughs> he totally is. I paid him off earlier. This is Lon Abused Lopez. Oh, poor Abused Lopez. And now actually sitting next to me, looking very stoic at the moment. Nate Cub record. <laughs> Take two. Just go ahead, Rick. <laughs> and across from me, the other end of the table, podcast producer and moral compass, Rick Brett Snyder. Indeed. One take, Brett Snyder. You <laughs> <laughs> try to say Brett Snyder over No, over no. We got to say, uh, you know, up top, we got to say Nate Costa. Did what basically two podcasts worth of interviews at the Image Comics Expo this uh, past weekend or two weekends ago? All right, let me try it again. Nate, the walking podcast, Costa. There we wow. go. That's true. He was. So why don't we start off by talking it's not about like that. walking tuberculosis? We got your interviews and some really great, uh, some really great interviews there. Although that you talked to a lot of people, people, terrible interviews and some really great interviews. Okay. What was your worst interview? Jim Valentino was the worst one. <laughs> why would you call that the worst? interview? It was the first one. Okay. I had no idea what I was going to ask him. His I favorite asked a bunch color. of stupid questions. And then I talked. I realized I said excellent a hundred times to him. And then I excellent. listened to a lot of them. And I, listened, I said excellent quite a few times to everyone. And uh, and you were still figuring out how to use that recorder. I was figuring that out, how close we need to be, et cetera. And then uh, I asked a question 
followed by me talking about a comic book that I bought as a kid, followed by not finishing a question. It was more of a statement by me, and I just sat there and like, wait a minute. Did I ask him anything? <laughs> it's all right. It happens to the best of us. Hmm. All right. <laughs> but how was the expo? Besides, This is why people. I wanted to, you people to send in questions. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, it Image happens. Expo itself was a, three days, uh, right? It was three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was not able to attend on Friday. Oakland Marriott or Oakland was it? Convention Center. Convention Center, nice. Any idea on attendance numbers? I don't know the numbers. It wasn't a big show, which is part of what made it awesome because you could go talk to whoever you wanted to. Bigger than Ape. I like that. I've never been to Ape. Oh, you never been to Ape? Bigger than. A wow. Bigger than Big Wow. Okay. But Big. smaller than WonderCon. Definitely smaller than WonderCon, yeah. Okay. You could easily walk around and see everything in... 45 minutes. 45 minutes or less. Oh. Okay. And there weren't a lot of, you know, vendors and stuff. There were a few comic book... So they didn't allow for, like, vendors. a lot of toy guys to come in or anything? Uh, or? There were a few. It wasn't a big presence of like dealers and whatnot there were a couple back issue dealers there were a couple toy things any big surprises as far as things you didn't expect uh well there was nothing i didn't expect because i got emails <laughs> being okay. media but um norman reedus and Stephen young were there from the walking dead from the walking dead uh daryl and glenn yeah and they were both really cool they signed autographs pretty much Basically, it was a show where if you wanted an autograph or if you wanted to see something, you got to do that because... Cool. That's special. Yeah. I mean, for example, Todd McFarlane had an interview with him 10.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. And he talked to you for a while. He did. And he talked to me while he was doing an impromptu signing. You guys sounded like BFFs by the end of that. Exactly. We were. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Saturday at the end of the show, they he had invited the, you to a Sabre game? Little. Oh, okay. <laughs> He offered me Mark McGuire's uh, baseball. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> he uh, So the Image Founders had a signing towards the end of the afternoon Saturday. Todd McFarlane stayed signing for everyone for like an extra two hours. Wow. After the show was over, I kind of walked over to that area to see if Joe Keating was still there because I needed to talk to him about, I don't remember what. And Todd McFarlane was still sitting there sketching for some guy who was the last person in line. Did a sketch of the violator, signed it, and then that was it. Everybody left. That's just awesome. So then on Sunday when I had the interview with him, um, he had an interview for some other – it was. It looked like they were doing video, so it was either an internet show or something. And I was next. And right after the internet show interviewed him, people started asking him for autographs. So then this line forms around the back of the building to get autographs from him. And I was just kind of standing there waiting for him to finish up. And his uh, assistants were like, he's probably not going to stop signing. So if you want to just interview him now, you can go ahead. So basically, I just stood there while he was signing, and we chatted for however long it was. That's cool. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much every everyone, like Eric Larson, I just went behind his little table and sat there with him. And people were coming up. He was drawing for them and answering questions for people. And... Uh, so are you now well known among the image bullpen? Bullpen. I certainly should be. I bothered everyone enough to be uh, <laughs> recognizable. Well, yes. for a first outing and for and doing it solo too. That was you know I got to 
golf clap going on. That's, that's a slow clap. That's a slow, slow clap. clap. This is a golf clap. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right. How was uh, slow golf? Don't clap. Really golf. I don't golf. How is no. our boy Joe, Ke- Joe Keating doing? Joe Keating was excellent. He was the first person to respond to an interview request. Well, of course. Oh no! And he was like, "Yeah, come on over." Uh, did he on. remember you? He did. Excellent. He remembered you. Excellent. Uh, I told him he said hi. Excellent. Per your request. I appreciate it. He said he was sorry you couldn't be there. I wish I could have been, Joe. I we miss you. as well. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. So, because Joe has his new book on the stands today. First Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. He does. He does. That is the name of it. Say what it, what it is again, Lon. It's called what? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it is. What is it called? Hell yeah. Oh, I know. But it's out today, right? Yes. It comes yeah. out today. Uh, I talked to Anna. They ordered 20 copies here. There are 10 left. That's good. I was at another comic 50, 50. shop earlier. Starts with a high, ends with a jinx, and they sold out over there. Oh, nice. but they only ordered two. Oh. So I think he ordered more than two, but he okay. specifically said to me that I have my finger on the pulse of what's hot these days. That is true. Have you seen his fiance? <laughs> <laughs> right, Mike. That's nothing. Your pulse a few okay. times. If you know what I'm saying. All right, I do. Awesome. She has heart. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Especially you when you're near. You have heart palpitations. <laughs> She's hotter than you deserve. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, your interviews did in fact spark an email to sandpaper at fanwayplanet.com. So, Lon, if you would cue the music, please. We have fan. Oh, it's not, it's not uncanny. We got fanny mail. Sandpaper. Yes, from somebody who has already in fact gotten from Lon's swag bag. Uh, Branch whoa, whoa, easy the way you word that, okay? Because wow, yeah, yeah. oh, there was going to be a lot of jealous women out no, there. No, that, really, right? that really didn't narrow it down much, did it? Um, so anyway, from just Brian Shimada, just wanted to send you some feedback on the Image Expo interviews. It's really great to hear the updates from the various writer-artists, and the McFarlane-Kirkman interviews were a nice treat. Some things I learned. Good to know that Cena Grace is a man. <laughs> Stephen Yun, what a jerk. For a guy that basically just started his <laughs> acting career, should have a much more vested interest in building himself a supportive fan base. Who knows when Glenn will become Walker Chow. Ooh. At a bare minimum, he should really work on his publicity etiquette. So, re- rebuttal. Pull the curtain back, Nate. Pull the curtain back. Okay, I should let everyone know Stephen Yun is, in fact, not a jerk. On Saturday night after the show, I ran into Stephen Yun and... Norman Reedus, who are Glenn and uh, Daryl on Walking Dead, and asked for an interview. They were on their way to some appearance or whatever it was. Dinner. Couldn't do it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They couldn't do the interview at that point. They said they'd be there on Sunday. I knew that Sunday I would be extremely busy getting more interviews. So when uh, I was, I just happened to be standing in line for a Robert Kirkman autograph, and Stephen Young walked up to his table and said, "Hey, I gotta go." So they, you know, hugged whatever. Stephen Young walked past me on his way out. I asked him if I could get a real quick interview and said, you know, you can just go ahead and tell me you don't have time. Tell me to F off, whatever. He's like, okay, cool. So I started to say, hey, I'm uh, here with Stephen Young. I'm going to try to get an interview. And he said, you know, F off. I don't have any time. Got to go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks, buddy. So that was all staged. He was actually a really nice guy. <laughs> so he's an even better actor exactly. than right, we thought. He, totally convinced. he could do radio. Radio drama. Uh, so, also John Lehman, a talented and cunning linguist, best quote of the podcast interviews, and Kirkman, a little redemption with the "f him" comment in reference to Young. So and now we that know. was because <laughs> during the Walking Dead panel, 
Stephen Yun and Norman Reedus had come back from Chinatown with snap pops and fart bombs, a.k.a. stink bombs, and immediately threw a stink bomb into the middle of the room, <laughs> <laughs> which caused an unbearable stench for at least the first 15 to 20 minutes of the uh, panel. Is that even safe with the fire code? Probably I not. So, I was no. Because I remember in middle school, they used to clear out the cafeteria if a stink bomb was lit. Was yeah. not, they're not even allowed to smoke in that building. It's nauseous yeah. gas. So uh, Chris Hardwick, who was moderating the panel, had to walk away from the... Uh, the podium, and he was off coughing in the corner. I thought he was going to throw up. He's very sensitive. And Kirkman was just yelling at him. And it was it was all in fun, but that is why Kirkman told said f him about Stephen Young. Okay. So we also got a little bit of uh, of conversation on the Facebook page. Uh oh, get out! Oh. No, no, no. It's from uh, the guy who uh, Cardi Angelo, who does an annual podcast post Comic Con with me. Oh, I like this comment. Yes. Uh, so he was just catching up on the podcast, and he wrote in to tell me. And I don't remember when we brought this up, but that uh, Kingpin was in the. We're talking about movie rights uh, for Marvel. Who has what and mm-hmm. why? Kingpin was in the Spider-Man rights package, but James Cameron released the character to the Daredevil movie. No one else has made the observation that we did about the scrolls being part of the Fantastic Four package. I thought we did long time. No, ago. no, no. We did is what he's saying. Oh, no one else, he's, he's saying, saying no we're the only ones who have. Who have that he's heard identify that that's why the scrolls, though logically, should be villains in the Avengers movie, but won't be called scrolls. But, but won't be if they are, if that is indeed who they are. Um, they could just be called shapey shifties. I thought Shapety they were going to be frost giants. Uh, that's possible too. So no one quite knows, but there was a lot of speculation that the scrolls were involved because the video game, original video game time for the Avengers, had the scrolls. But apparently, you know that's wrapped that should be wrapped up in the FF package. So what it was was the Marvel rights usually included stories and characters in the first 100 issues of every run, probably with options on later things. So the Daredevil deal probably included Electra, Electra and Bullseye from the beginning, or why uh-huh. would Fox have bothered? And so I asked back, well, at what point would it be cost-effective to Disney just to buy all the rights back, since Disney now owns Marvel and they're enjoying what they're doing? Uh, He said, I'm sure they're looking at the options. It's more that you can't make someone sell what they don't want to sell. Fox had success with X-Men. What price should they put on giving up a franchise that they can run with forever? Mm -hmm. And showbiz is ego biz. They enjoy too much having something the other guy wants. Does Sony's give up Spider-Man? Never. Nope. Um, and in fact, there's an announcement later in the podcast about that that came out today involving the Spider-Man rights package. Given up by some? No. Oh. But it's a bar- bizarre twist of fate that Marvel had an animation studio in the 80s and 90s, so they retained the animation rights as normally those would go to the studio optioning the movie, and Disney would probably not have bought Marvel if they didn't have those animation rights, and that's why the Avengers animated series can use everybody. Here's an interesting thought. And Superhero Squad can have everybody. If they did a motion capture... All motion capture animated. It'd be television animation, not film animation. Oh, it's just device. film. Uh, so they can't do a they can't do an animated movie, right? Like Pixar film. They can't do a Pixar or film. or like a Polar Express. You can't you can't do a Pixar X Men movie, but you can do an X Men animated series. Oh, uh, okay. Can you do an, an Avengers animated movie? Like you know, like Spawn from the TV they show. Have. Sure. Spawn from the TV show. You could like. Because you know, like Clone Wars did uh, a, mo- a theatrical release, right? Could the Avengers series that's from the that's TV a show? That's a good question. Do like that's if they released really a two-hour movie? Except the Clone Wars thing was, you may notice, 
Uh, when it was released theatrically, it's still Lucasfilm, even though Warner Brothers distributed it, which was different, which was a break from Fox. Fox. But that's because Fox only had distribution rights on the Star Wars movies. But Lucasfilm does... still owns it lock, stock, and barrel, and that's simply not the case with the ancillary rights for well, you know how just properties. like Pokemon or some other cartoons will. Which, by the way, they're show. they're about to put their fifteenth animated feature for theatrical release together for Pokemon. Pokemon. Wow, Pokemon is game changer. It was quoted by Herman Cain during his. Uh, it's a game. During his, you know. They say he didn't want any Man cards. No, he quoted the Pokemon the, movie, the Donna Summer song, that or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's scary. why he's not in the race anymore. Mm. <laughs> that's <laughs> why. Still is. That's. <laughs> oh Lord, it's all too confusing. So let's uh, let's talk some actual um, comics. Yeah. Oh, hey. I have to say though. Hell yeah. Since uh, Mike, what's it? Well, I'm sorry, not Mike. Brian. Brian Shimada. Shimada already was a so you think letter Carr, of the Carr week. So you get something from the swag bag? Well, no, no. I have to finish. So since since he was already a letter of the week winner, he's, you know, he's disqualified for six months before he can get six another. Six months? Let's make it three months. Three months. Okay, let's fine. Let's make it two because really, if how many people else writing email in? sandpaper <laughs> at FamilyPlanet.com? And then Carr is kind of like... He's podcasted all with us before. His family. So we can't. Well, and he owns two stores. Yeah. He's so, got enough swag. So thank you both for writing in, but unfortunately we can't give any cash or prizes out for Letter of the but Week. But stay tuned. You know what, though? That. But stay tuned because, Brian, I might just find something that I don't want anymore and can give, you. give it to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so what we're trying to say is keep those letters coming, people okay. that haven't written in yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another thing that happened convention-wise this weekend is Comic-Con tickets went on sale. And? And they sold out in, I've heard, both 60 minutes and 90 minutes. I've what is this, 90. a U2 concert? Hell yeah. But what I really got was a couple of emails going, um, uh, do you have any idea how I could get tickets? Because they sold out. You didn't get any phone calls like, yo, Derek, hook no, it up, man. That. Hook so, it up. And that's not too embarrassing. Well, Derek, anymore. it's a little known fact that you run Comic Con. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I just think you've paneled there. No, no, it's just don't it, you have a hookup? Uh, you know that is funny. No, mm, okay. no, I don't. Um, so no, I mean it, it's just I mean that's the kind of I don't that that there was so many people turned away that uh, you know they say well gee people who got tickets are happy but people who don't have tickets are very unhappy and so people were you know kind of trying to come up with oh, who do I know Derek's on a comic con and I know that was happening to people all all around like oh, yeah exactly that kind of thing you've been on a panel you must be able to get tickets um, you know yeah can I have one of the fifty tickets you must obviously for have. myself I you know I, I I don't know and so that's not to embarrass anybody it's just like it, the demand was so great this year yeah are you guys know, all going I don't know yet I. Went online, yeah, to get passes for my lovely fiance. Mm-hmm. I was on there at eight a.m. Oh, I was on there at seven fifty-five or whatever, seven fifty. So you went through that this process. Kept so. re- I went through the process. I kept reloading the page every couple minutes until eight. Did you have like three browsers open? No, just one. Okay. And at eight o'clock, the link still didn't work. So I reloaded again about eight o three. It said, "Click here to buy tickets." I was like, "Boom." 15,800 something in line. Mm. So, in line? So, yeah. you had to queue up. It basically, <clears throat> and the page refreshed every 120 seconds. And basically, it went pretty quick. Uh, pretty much every time it refreshed, I moved up 600 spots or so. Um, but as I got down to the 4,000 or so mark, there was a notice that said, you know, four day badges with uh, preview night are close to selling out. 
And then, like, two seconds later, it was four-day badges with Preview and I are sold out. Four-day badges are sold out. Uh, single days are still available. Luckily, I was only getting Friday, Saturday, Sunday because she's back in school and mm-hmm. we will probably have a thir- uh, Thursday class. So I ended up getting the Friday, Saturday, Sunday separately. But by the time I got there, by the time I got there, all of the four days were sold out and the single days were close to selling out. Wow. So there were – I'm in a, a Facebook group where a bunch of guys that tried to get tickets were not even close to getting tickets. They sold out way before they even uh, yeah. got up to the front of the line. Now, this isn't the end of the story in that people do often return tickets when they mm-hmm. realize they can't use them. Uh, and sometimes people buy a, a big block and then realize, no, that – Studios. Know, studios. Studios do get it. That's, that's really screwy, though, because – one of the things about it is that they're so anti-scalping yeah. that they they make you ID those badges yeah. for average people. But the studios right. can buy a block, just an unnamed block without an identification for them and stuff. Well, you know, I don't know if that's the case this year because we make that presumption because I know in years past when I've had friends that have worked for studios, it's been like an email's gone out internally, yeah. say at Disney, and they say, hey, who wants Comic-Con passes? We'll have them at such and such a spot, in, you know, on this in the building at at noon. Yeah, you know, um, or talk to your manager if you're interested in going. So they have those blocks, but that's years past. And, this but year those might guys, be different. Those guys must get those badges, and they go, "Hey, yeah, I can just turn this right around." It could be. I, I don't know. I but know what I'm saying is, I don't know. Completely non-transferable. I don't know if this year, but not if you do don't that. have an ID on them. Uh, but Rick, what I'm saying is, listen, it's like a gun without a listen. Seal we don't know that that's the case this year because oh, well, this is the first year I that's know. had. This is the first year that's had the pre-registration ID system. Yeah. So, which I applaud that. That I guess now it makes sense that they are doing everything they can to keep people from forging the badges. Right. So don't go onto eBay. Don't. Don't buy, buy buy something from a, a second party. Don't buy counterfeit badges, kids. Because they will catch you. But it, but my friend and An- they will kill you. My friend Annabelle was posting that she put on Facebook a picture of her 2001 pass, where you showed up, you registered there on site, and you hand wrote your name on the badge. Oh, those oh, are yeah. the good old days. And first year I went, I hand wrote. And, uh, and the first year I went, 2000, uh, no. I didn't even have a business card. I was writing for Daily Red. Our fanboy planet hadn't started. Writing for Daily Radar, and I just showed up and I said, um, I've got my editor's business card. I promise I'm writing for them. <laughs> and they went, okay. I promise. And that's how I got started, you know. But, I mean, I'm that like, was. Gee, thanks. But, but, you know, that was 12 yep. years ago. And now it's just amazing how much. It's because of us. you got to figure, though. It's because of Moron Life. If you're, I personally hold true. Lon Lopez <laughs> responsible for ruining Comic-Con. Wait a wow. second. And Christmas. Hell oh, yeah. No, it's Thanksgiving. That's my mother. For, and for all those people who can't get That's badges. Why I don't let you in my house on Thanksgiving. You know, what? To, to I help wanted you, some turkey. To help you with your tears, if you can't get a badge, if you can't get into Comic-Con, just sit down with a pad of paper and just count up how much money you would have spent on the ticket, on getting down there, on hotel, on food, all this stuff. If you can't get into Comic-Con, join Dave Tapia's Twitter feed. And, and take that number go. and go shopping. Well, not only... Buy you save comics. your money because there was no discount for buying multiple days this year. Right, they cut that out. The yeah. four day badge was one hundred and seventy some odd dollars or whatever it was. For three days, it was one hundred and three. Give me a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I gotta say. So you're going for sure. You talking to me? Yes. If I am approved for a uh, press badge, I oh, will because okay. I don't have my own ticket. I have yeah. Tiffany's. We're going to be working to uh, 
to bring Nate in as an official roving podcaster or reporter for Fanboy Planet. Cover so, reporter. First, this Nate will be the first Costa. time. Have you gone as a more online representative before? I have not. Okay, so I've this, gone as Nate Costa, representative of Nate Costa. Costa. Okay, now you're a represent, proud representative of Fanboy Planet, so very exciting. And I believe we'll also be getting young Justin, Shang-Chi in there, and uh, Rick will, of course, be going. And I can, So those three I can guarantee. One thing I did do was book my hotel today. Did you? That's it went exciting. on sale? No, the pre uh, the early bird ones. They're still available. The Because um, no one wanted to be the out there in the valley? Yeah, but you know what? Out there in the valley is where I was last year, and it was a great hotel, and the shuttle ride was simple. So that's what I'm doing. Would you here. recommend that? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Huh. Well, hmm. last year, the other thing was I stayed at Town & Country, which was the satellite badge pickup. Yeah. Which it is again this year, but this year, you if you did uh, four-day with preview night, you cannot pick up your badge there. Boo. And press cannot pick up the badge there. Oh, boo. Now, do we have the list of hotels yet? I don't think so. I have it uh, right here. Oh, okay. I don't think anybody's been. No, that's the itinerary you've ruined. Oh, could you just darn. made the sound it's with a your monsoon mouth? Monsoon came by. But <laughs> yeah, let me know when you're going though, because uh, I there's some Comic Con exclusives I need you to pick up for me. So. I'm going on uh, July 11th through 15th. So you've so <laughs> I will give you some money. What Lon Lopez just confirmed is Lon will not be there. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, come on, okay. Lon. I think this year it's more in to not go to Comic-Con. You know mm. what I mean? That's the Lon it's Lopez cool. way. Whatever Lon's doing to, is the cool thing. It's cooler to be all Comic-Con. No. So, yeah. Okay. So all you people out there that didn't get badges. Lon's going to be cool. home playing Xbox. You're cool like us. So uh, let's talk actual comics. Did you notice that last week uh, finally um, DC gave a hint who that red pink Pandora? Was? Pandora, yes. Can we guess? What book? Some, what book was the hint? Justice given? League number six. Oh, a little I backup read it story yet. with Pandora and the Phantom Stranger. Was she revealed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it the uh, As, girl from Flashpoint? Yes, the girl from Flashpoint. So now we know who she is. No, no, I mean, was it the, the one that we person. thought it was? Who did we say we thought it was? The one that no, the Barry hit. saved or was oh, traveling? No. no, the one that was traveling with Booster Gold. That's what no, it was. no, oh. it was not her. Oh. Is it a character Shameful. we would know? Um, well, right there. What's her name? Pandora. Yeah, who's Pandora? The owner of the box. Yeah. Mythology. That is exactly who she is. God. Oh, so she's just Pandora from mythology. From mythology. And the Phantom Stranger is, they've actually revealed who the Phantom Stranger is. This is going to hurt. Kids, turn turn the podcast off right now. Spoiler. Trust me, you don't want to hear this. The Pandora story is. Wait, Phantom Stranger, who's never had an identity for the 60 something years he's been around. Even in telling his secret origin. You're actually right. You're actually right. It's over 60 years that character has not had a secret identity. Oh, well. I'm sure it was really worth it, and they had a really good idea there. In the new 52, in the new DC Earth, uh, Pandora decks the Phantom Stranger. He falls down to reveal that around his neck are 30 pieces of silver. So he's Judas. Yep. Seriously? So the yeah. Phantom Stranger is Judas Iscariot, and the two of them are fighting to because somewhere loose on the Earth is another immortal, the third sinner. Jesus? So, so considered... Adam. Considering, considering that the next issue, Justice League 7, is going to have the Curse of Shazam backup, I'm going to bet that that's going to have something to do with it. His curse is that he's the third sinner. That may be. Wait, 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 wait. Was pa- okay, forgive my ignorance. Yeah. Pandora's from the Bible? That's where it breaks Greek down. mythology. Greek mythology. But, yeah. but as a tradition, that's older, and she's the one who opened the box to let all the evils out into the world. Which and is that, a sin. So that apparently. basically spawned the sequel, Don't which was the box, Bible. Kids. 
Sort and of. then, well, you notice that is exactly both both so Greek, Greek mythology, mythology was a prequel to the Bible. Both Greek mythology and Hebrew mythology hold women accountable for all the evils in the world. And then was Eve who, who ate the apple? Hell yeah! And then gave it to Adam. Uh, hell yeah! Number one, I got ninety nine sins, but but, the, but apples ain't stop, one. Stop! Stop! Really, guys? Yeah, stop. I know. Um, I just I felt like this room turned to vanilla. Uh, mm, vanilla. So apple. how do you feel about it? You are a huge. Huge fan of, fan of Stranger Things. I fan. am. How do you feel about this? I am very ticked at that. Okay, why? Um, one, I think it totally screws your Phantom. It, it screws story. up my, my Phantom yeah. Stranger story, in which uh, that was hinted at. But, but I think that honestly, like Rick and I talked about this last night because we went to the movies. He's no longer a stranger. He's no longer a stranger, and that's the point. Yeah. If you know who he is. That. And, and that 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 if all of what the Phantom Stranger has done is supposed to be redemption for the ultimate betrayal, um, that kind of changes everything about him too. Except this is the first time we've seen him in the new Fifty Two universe, but it still bo- it changes the character at a fundamental level. He's not a stranger. Forget that I had a story I was trying to pitch. It really is just. <laughs> it really is. You could still make it work. Uh, you know, the Doctor Who season finale last year kind of stole a lot of the same stuff, so I'm okay with didn't this steal it. What happens when you leave your script lying around in Starbucks, Derek? That's right. <laughs> That's totally Stephen right. Stephen Moffat walks in, and goes, see, yeah. "I'm going to use this." Oh yeah, I shouldn't say that. Look, it's okay. But but you're right though. That changes. His, he's not a stranger. Anymore. He's not a stranger. My, um, when they did Secret Origins back in the '80s, they had. Uh, I think we. I think I misremembered one. I think they, they only had three origins, but they gave three separate origin stories to him. And one of the coolest was that Alan Moore wrote that he had been, um, that he was between heaven and hell when Lucifer and his angels revolted. He was the one angel who couldn't decide which side to take. Which still keeps him a stranger because he's, he's not stranger named. Because he's he's, not, he's, he's, he's not named. Story. He, can't, he can't walk with the angels. He can't walk among the devils. So he's in between. Right. Um, and so I thought that was really good one. Another origin had offered him as the uh, the Roman who had pierced Jesus' side with the spear of destiny, uh, which I thought was a little lamer. And then and then another positive is kind of like Galactus. But I really like the Alan Moore version of that's a guy who's been there from the beginning of time, and and is watching Alan out for Moore us. Has? Oh. Alan Moore has, and too. he's watching out for us. Don't you doubt it? So I don't know. I mean. The Judas thing, you could probably write a couple good stories from a it. A couple, no. and, and then it's over. And then it's over. Whereas, you know, when the Phantom Stranger, for, you know... And, and you then he passes it. the mon- mantle onto Renee Montoya. And How? Then, and then she oh. becomes the new Phantom Stranger. You oh. hurt me! Oh. Oh. oh, you suck. Is she still the question, or is the question back as a I man? Don't, I don't think that they've shown the question yet. Oh, okay. But since the question's sort of tied into the Batman universe, I and... Was a former lover of Batwoman, and those things don't seem to have been revamped. I would bet that the question still exists as Renee Montoya. We yeah, just probably, haven't seen her yet. Probably Batwoman. Because they've left most of the Batman stuff untouched. Now, is Renee Montoya related to Inigo Montoya? No, but prepared to die anyway. Okay, thanks. Okay. Damn it, I was going to take it. Sorry. Um, so let's, let's roll into the Curse of Shazam. We got the first picture of the Curse of Shazam this week. What's uh, the curse, really? Uh, the DC Once has no month. idea what to do with the character. Diarrhea. <laughs> so do you have Solomon's to say revenge. It? And then oh. Yes, his name as we all figured, his name has now become actually Shazam because it's easier to trademark. Um he's still Billy Batson. Feisty teen Billy Batson. Written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Gary Frank. I wish everyone could see the look of disgust on your face, Derek. Mm. He's masking it. Am very I well. seeing a look of disgust on your face or are you just 
You're just yeah, he's not, looking at his phone. You're, I'm just happy to be here. Oh yeah. Okay, so I put it out there on the article. It said you know, people write in or post on the Facebook page. Uh, what is it with DC giving every character now a hood? Like yeah, it's, Robin had a hood. It's mysterious. Yeah. So now, it looks like he has short pants. A hood. Yeah, that looks weird. He's got capris. He looks. Yeah, like, yeah. That's weird. And he and he looks more like Black Adam than Captain Marvel. Whoa, whoa! African American. No, Black Adam. He's Shazam. Oh, okay. He's Shazam. Right. He is not Captain Marvel at all. But he's still Billy Batson, and that bothers me. So, the responses I got from a reader, Sean Orion King. Ugh! Again, change simply for the sake of change. It's driving me away from my once beloved DC. My pool list is down to only a couple of books, which granted is saving me a lot of dollars, but I miss my comics, damn it. I think I've seen that exact same quote somewhere. Hmm. On Facebook, dude. Sam Park, who one of the editors on uh, Bela Lugosi's Tales from the Grave, uh, wrote, Ack is my response. I can only imagine C.C. Beck's response if he were still around, who I knew as a teenager going to cons. Wait, what was this guy's name again? Sam C. Park. Sam sure Park? sure it wasn't Kathy from the comics? Ack! Ack! the Ack. Uh, and act so far. What is the next guy's favorite And, uh, you know. Charlie Brown. And, and by the way, C.C. Beck was the original artist on Captain Marvel back in 1940. So, uh, Martin Kazon uh, is dropping Justice League so I can pretend it never happened. <laughs> Ooh, so, that's probably about, the smartest well, Martin, thing. Martin, just don't read the last seven pages. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right, right. Well, have you read the first 20? Not they haven't been that great either. This big forming of the group to confront Darkseid. Seriously, all they did was they went, Dark Side is scary. Hey, there's this boom tube thing. Cyborg, can you open a boom tube? Hey, yeah, you're push Dark Side. the story I'm for sorry. me. I haven't read really? the last really? issue yet. I got to say, the it's, writing ruined the story. It for sounds me. like a tiny Titans <laughs> story. <laughs> it, it really was that bad. It was just that it's like you build up five issues to a confrontation with Dark Side, and, and it was all designed again to prove that Cyborg's a badass because Jeff Make Johns him look that way. It. I'll get behind and kneel down yeah. behind him. You a push him of, over. A me. lot of splash pages. A lot of, and then at the end, you know, or I sh- you know, I shouldn't say at the end, but it's a, but it's what every Justice League formation story does. Everybody goes, "Hey, we these misunderstood so scary people are actually heroes. We love them." Yay! Well, it's the formation of the Justice League. What are yeah. you going to do? This is the uh, beginning of DC. There is no DC in the back. And the difference is, then they say, like, look at your costumes, and then like, um, Hal says, "No, this is a police uniform," and. Uh, and Aquaman says, "This is an Atlantean. Uh, this is Atlantean chainmail. I don't even like the orange." And Cyborg's and, all, "This is a pimp suit, <laughs> yeah, brother." And Cyborg's going, "Um, my dad accidentally unleashed aliens on me, <laughs> and half my flesh was devoured." And Superman's all, "These are short shorts." And Diana no, says, "I'm not wearing those anymore. anymore." Oh, okay. But that's not, Diana said, "Hee hee, <laughs> uh, I'm a stripper." The, the only thing I liked about it was actually that she, like, at one point she takes. A spear and runs it through Darkseid's eye, and there's actually like the, Jim Lee. I gotta give him props. Drew Wonder Woman having so much fun piercing Darkseid's eye, and I was like, that actually really says volumes about the character. Yeah. I well, girls see, love per- piercing things. No, I just rarely see <laughs> Jim Lee ga- characters always seem to be brooding and like angry, and this is just like, wow, that was kind of like that really did sum up the character. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and they, she ties people up at night. Mm. 
Okay. Was Dark Side like, oh my god, oh my god, am I bleeding? My, am I bleeding? my eye, my eye. My safe word is. <laughs> How's it look? How's Lasso. it look? Lasso. Demon. <laughs> I think my eye is out. I think my eye is well, out. Well, and then they changed everything about Apocalypse, and they said, and they hinted a multiverse, which is happening. Well, we already know that's coming. Right, we do because Earth Two is coming. The book written by James Robinson is going to be with Justice, which Society. you're actually looking forward to because you like James Robinson. Well, except right now, now, here's what was and happening. And as a podcast guest, they revealed friend of the show. James they released. Robinson. They released. Designs and it's, liner uh, notes and it's almost as bad as it's almost as bad as the Curse of Shazam. Oh, good. It's like a Jay Garrick that's like in a football uniform and oh, are barely recognizable as the character of the Flash. Why He's not don't, wearing an upside down bowl on his head? Why don't you guys just accept these new ideas for what they are and not compare them but why, to the past? But why bother with a parallel Earth with a Justice Society if? The JSA, because it's a new parallel Alan, Earth. Alan Scott, Jay Garrick, and I can't remember, and Al Pratt are all becoming their secret identities for the first time in 2012. So why start this if it's not a legacy thing? Even though you do have a Batman and Superman who are older and have a Power Girl, so they have confirmed that Karen Starr showing up in Mister Terrific is Power Girl, the Supergirl of Earth uh-huh. Two, who has traveled over here, and the Huntress is still Batman's daughter. Who has traveled over to Earth? Well, they're not calling Batman. it Earth One. Earth Two. They can't sticks. call it Earth One because they have this hardcover series of graphic novels called Earth One, mm-hmm. and they don't want to confuse people that way. So well, it's Earth now. Now. And then the thing with all these redesigns is that while the readership hasn't significantly, the sales might have gone up. The readership is still who it was. The kids are still all right. Uh, the the kids that we call the new readers are not seeing Captain Marvel as Captain Marvel on Young Justice. Right. Um, they're playing DC Universe Online, which has over a million subscribers, in which you have all the characters in their older incarnations still there. So it would be great if they all of a sudden they had a big event and then suddenly DC everybody Universe just switched and they just said, "Oh, there's shining lights and everyone's changed." And suddenly, wait, what happened to Green? Well, Green Lantern's the same. Batman's still the same. What happened to Superman's uniform? Um, so Why is my guy different? Yeah. yeah. Well, that uh, so it's kind of, I mean, of course, yes, I will buy it and read it because it's James Robinson. But also, uh, someone noticed that the original artwork for the it, shade number four was the one with Madame Fatal and yeah. that, you know, that took place during World War II, uh, or, or the forties, um, that, uh, who, who drew that? It was Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook yeah. put for sale his page four. It wasn't the same page four that appeared in the shade. It was in fact a page which featured the shade fighting Jay Garrick. What? I'm confused. What are you trying to say? Just spit what it out. What I'm trying to say is that they went forward with the shade being set in the original or in the previous universe as as the shade had been, and they cut out all references that might be confusing to actual Justice Society members. So it was originally scripted to have the 1940s Jay Garrick fighting the really? shade as they were uh, arch enemies, uh-huh. and then it's taken out and it's replaced by a splash page in the actual published book. What the what? Yes. So, hmm, curiouser and curiouser. And you know there's still that flash flashpoint uh, wall that's going to break everything down. Yeah. And the, the safety valve. And the more we get into the into That's the, the new, summer event, not this upcoming summer, but the summer after the it. The more we get into the new 52, the more I start resenting Flashpoint for being a pointless five issues. Yeah. Except that there's a reference in, uh, about with the Pandora story about how she did some manipulations. But again, she's done some manipulations to reality, uh-huh. which means that even this that we're reading 
really isn't necessarily the reality if people so stop So she's it. Jeff Johns. <gasps> Suddenly Wait it all makes minute. sense. I've never seen Jeff Johns with so a little she's his box. Animal. When Superboy Prime punches the Flashpoint wall and everything goes back to <laughs> old 52... <laughs> This got very mad. No, Flash has to run backwards in order to not re- like turn around and run past his old path, but no, literally, literally backwards running. By the way, let's backwards. say speaking of that, uh, last weekend was uh, Earth Two, the comic shop, car shop's anniversary. So I just want to say happy anniversary, car. So um, it's all about car tonight, isn't it? It is. I miss him. Well, we do have an issue of uh, Shade comes out this week, so you can take some Next solace week? in that. Isn't it this week? Did I pick or it up? Was the last week? Maybe it was last week. Oh, maybe it was here. last week. Yeah, I just picked I my books that, up yes. on it. Um, and, hey, Marvel announced that they are not going forward with their cross-gen revival. They are shelving uh, Route 666, the book I was looking forward to the most, and Kiss Kiss Bang I wonder Bang. how much they got done. You think it was all done? I don't know. But, you know, they've canceled a lot of things, so who knows, left and right. Um, and I would like to do a sort of new feature, which is Let's Make Rick Cry. What was oh, revealed? Yeah, what awesome. did Jonathan Hickman reveal in his interview with you, uh, Nate Costa? Mr. Hickman stated that his last issues huh. of both Fantastic Four and FF will be the October issues this year. Oh, you still got a few, few months. So they're coming to an end. To October. Yeah. So Well, they're not coming to an end. They're, his run is coming to an end. They're coming to an end. It's bittersweet because it's nice... What he did was just amazing with that story, bringing mm-hmm. back the whole fan, uh, Fantastic Four family feel to it mm-hmm. after so mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. screwed up, aberrant stories. And it'll be kind of nice that he'll go out on a high note. I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll build I've already heard a little bit about what he's building up for over the remaining issues. And it'll be nice. So I'll buy them all hardback, put them on a shelf and... Yeah. That'll be it. I should mention when I wasn't recording, he said he was going to kill everyone. <laughs> I heard that. He was talking about in the comic, right? Just kidding. He was, he was just in the comic. Yes, all the members of Did that. he bring okay, back everyone. Johnny Storm yet? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, okay, good. Where have yeah. you been, Alan? Come on. I that was been... four issues ago. And that was a good, that was one of the best bring him back since Winter Soldier. I mean, Winter Soldier was it's true. noteworthy. And but then... anybody that thought he was dead is an imbecile. Right. Oh. But you didn't want to just pop back and be the same guy. And now he's like a commander and... Oh, he's really you. Have, you haven't read it? No, I haven't. No, I, was, he's, I, I read your hardbacks when you buy them and you loan he, them to me. He came. He came back and um, bad a. Yeah, he's leading. Really, leading the army, Annihilus, the Annihilus army, army. Yeah. and basically takes him off into space to fight. Uh, who's who's attacking at that point? The Blastar, Stanley. Uh, oh, the Celestials. The Celestials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just really cool. It's excellent. You know, when you become a, ba- a bad A, like you say, does he need to say flame on anymore? I haven't seen him. Has he said flame on? I don't think so. No, no, okay. He, he I think did. that's a young boy thing. Yes. Flame on! He's Whereas, actually just good stood, lord. He stood on the <laughs> command ship and told his fleets what to do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He didn't even. He's not even a man of action okay. anymore. No? Uh-huh. All right. So we mentioned Hell Yeah earlier. Did you get a chance to read Hell Yeah number one? Not yet. No. Okay. So let's. Talk I about read it. the uh, ash can though that, that he you? was selling okay. at uh, Image Expo. What did you think of it? Hell Yeah. Okay. So let's. Uh, I know that uh, What's Rick it about Rick and I. Well, I bought it. Did you? And I assume you bought it. I did. I bought it. 
So we will read it and talk about it next week. Okay. I bought it. I can tell you what it's about a little bit. Okay, tell us about what it was about. Uh, basically, 20 years ago, the first super-powered beings came to be. I knew it! And now the first, you know, grown generation uh, is what the story is following. People that have only known superheroes their whole life. Uh-huh. Um, and that's pretty much okay. What Sounds it's interesting. About. All right, I'm gonna read it tonight. Um, and then I just wanted to point out, of course, we've talked about how Archie comics, that Life with Archie, that future one, uh, was groundbreaking because they were featuring Kev- Kevin Keller's uh, Marriage, right? The gay character. Well, one million million moms, those that made uh, those people that made J.C. Penney, which is seem, only about forty thousand, really. right? That they made J.C. Penney seem actually hip and edgy uh, right. by hiring Ellen as their spokesperson. That if you shop at J.C. Penney, you're actually cool, um, which hiring Ellen on its own would not have worked. But when they tried to <laughs> demand a firing, so they decided uh, that they were going to stage a protest of Toys R Us because they sell Life with Archie that has Kevin Keller that had the Kevin Keller's wedding. First of all, when was the last time you went to a Toys R Us to buy, to a buy comic books? Um, but so they're going to protest. Uh, last week. And all that happened was uh, that uh, it turns out that that is the highest selling comic Archie has had wow. in years. It probably so got they, a lot a lot more advertising because they sold were out, protesting. Sold out. Sold out. And now. Let that be a lesson to up and coming comic publishers if you want to. Just defend a film. Upset some conservative A million morons. Hire a nonprofit to protest your book and, uh, for some stupid reason. And then get the press on it. Yep, there you go. And let that be a lesson to all idiot protesters. You're, You're only, only gonna help. going to help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of interesting. But as I said, that the that now because of that attention as well, the life with Archie, the first issue that started that future uh, plotline is that's the, the split of, world. As a back issue has gone up to, but there's oh, still an Archie wall, right? That yes, can come still, down and right, we can go the back Archie to point. The old um, okay. is 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 well over a hundred dollars on the back issues on, on eBay and so forth. So wow, yeah. When was the last time you talked about Archie in anything more than terms of what did I pay for it in the first place? That's <laughs> about what it is. I will say it again. I will say it once. I will say it again. Say it again. Your fanboy planet podcast, the only <laughs> place where you get the up to to date you know what? We Archie news, out, and we should just. We should just get Alex Segura on this because Alex, who who guided you through DC, right, yep. when you went back there, is now he's the guy that's been writing a lot of this stuff. He wrote the Archie Meets Kiss. He's done the Kevin Keller stuff. He's doing the Occupy Riverdale story. We should just get it over with and change the podcast name to the to Archie, Archie Planet, Planet. Fa- podcast. Okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, so let's talk movies. I wanted to pick up on the uh, thing about uh, the rights package with Spider Man. Uh, it was announced that uh, this guy, that Josh Trank, who directed Chronicle, have you seen it yet? Because I have not. Uh, he was the one who was supposed to do the Fantastic Four one, right? Right, but now uh, it got scrapped. It kind of got scrapped, and now Sony is looking at him. Oh, I heard about this to direct Venom. I want to eat your brain. So, kind of the theory is now Sony's looking and going, wait, with the Spider-Man package, we actually have some heroes, mm-hmm. and could create a team movie like the Avengers. Avengers. Do a solo Venom. Do a solo I Black don't know, Cat. Black Cat. Do a solo Prowler, perhaps. Mm. Morbius. Yeah, Mor- Morbius might be. Morbius is in issue one oh two. Oh well, didn't so, he come with a package? But it, not if it's the first hundred issues. The first hundred. Oh. He might not be part of it. I don't think Black Cat was in the first hundred either. No, but I, I, well, Venom I, wasn't in the first hundred. No, so I think there are specific characters that they would have asked for as part of the Spider-Man package yeah. way back when, when Marvel thought. 
you know, Disney's never going to buy us. They were selling off things like crazy in the 90s. So yeah. maybe, maybe you don't think of any spider. Moon Knight? Uh, I don't know. Um, Moon Knight? Cardiac? Moon Knight is not in the first hundred. Cardiac was created by Eric Larson. Moon Knight isn't. isn't well, uh, Moon Knight might, uh, but, but there has been. Moon Knight was mentioned on the Blade TV series. Well, no, wait so a minute. Part do they only movie. get the Spider-Man uh, books, or do they also get, like, the Peter Parker books? Or do they I get don't know. The, I don't know. Hmm. The Marvel team-ups. Remember, there's all those Marvel oh, team-ups. That, can't be, be, that can't be included. Peter it's Porter, the Amazing Spider-Ham. They probably have the rights to that. No, yeah. that's animation. So they oh, right. Marvel right. they could Unless do you're doing a live action Disney if you're live listening Peter Porker like Howard the Duck Disney Vane. get exactly on like Howard the Duck <laughs> Spider Ham animated I've been saying this for years you have Spider Ham animated you are right you are totally right I want to see Goose Rider they're blowing it yeah that's right because but anyway Goose Rider will be more entertaining than any of the Ghost Rider on a side note uh, did anyone see the toy releases from the upcoming Amazing Spider-Man they're selling uh, play along masks for the different characters oh no I haven't seen that and so yet. they have a Spider-Man one which looks they actually have a plastic a play along mask if you take it with you to the theater one or? of the kids that can you know play which live action which is why it's going to be play. really awkward sitting next to Lon at the theater <laughs> he's going so they have the plastic ones how pathetic it'll be. <laughs> no, I'd be I'd be going thwip, 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 which you do anyway. So not one of them at the movies, <laughs> um, or not those kind of movies. But anyways, uh, they have the plastic ones like they kind of have now at like Target and Toys yeah. R Us. But then they also look like they had a, a cloth one that looked similar to the movie one, which to me reminds me of the old Nicholas Hammond '70s mask. So I think that would be kind of cool. Do they have adult sizes? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But the one thing Shrink I was going to comment on is, have we all commented on the, the lizard's look? I don't know. I think we talked about, like, about there, was a a late, uh, there was a Pez dispenser that revealed yeah, the Yeah, he look. doesn't have a snout. He's a man lizard almost. Yeah. Well, early lizard looked like that. Uh, okay, That is true. The Steve Dico, original like, Steve Dico design was. He looks like a V alien from the original yes, show. Yeah. But the mask that they were showing on the line... Uh, it looks like a slee stack. So, cool. um, yeah. so if you wanted the Land of the Lost fans out uh, there, I'm there, if you wanted a slee slack mask, they would be <laughs> a slee stack, a slee slack, a slee stack, slack. I don't know. I'm wearing slee slacks right now. Okay. So I'm yeah, they're coming. Slacks. Oh, Snorlax. Uh, Can so, I say something real quick about toys, please? Since Lon mentioned toys, I like yeah. toys. Uh, so at Image Expo, there was the Todd McFarlane Productions little glass case. Ooh. They have the Walking Dead toys. They have the uh, Spawn toys. They have a Haunt statue. They also had yes. the Season 2 limited edition Blu-ray DVD uh, case, which is... Oh, no spoilers. I've heard this rumor. No you don't want to know what the case is? You can tell the case, but I heard there's a rumor on the case for the Walking Dead. No spoilers. This is not a rumor. This was, this was confirmed. Is it a spoiler? It's a spoiler of what the case is. Okay, okay but it's not fine. a spoiler for the show. Well, you said about the no, nothing Go about ahead. the show. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good. This is from earlier in the season, or maybe it was even season one, when the when that zombie goes into the RV, and Andrea has to stab him in the eye with the screwdriver. All right. Okay. All right. That zombie's head is the case. For the season two Blu-ray slash DVD with the screwdriver, so there's a zombie head with a screwdriver sticking out of the eyes. Nice. You lift the whole head using the screwdriver, and the season two Blu-ray DVD case is underneath. It is the coolest 
limited edition case of all time. Derek, you, you want Dude, that. I just want to say, while you don't have children, <laughs> enjoy that. And know that your wife will make you sell that. Oh, no. Mm. Once, she will proudly display that. Once you have children. Walking. Once you have She's impregnated her. She's a huge her. fan of The Walking Dead, Derek. <laughs> Things change. And that's she not only a toy. issue... Yeah, that's not a She's toy. She's watched every episode. No, it's not a that's toy. It's collectible. See, I don't even think it has children. I know you would like you, Derek, would like to have that head right next to your alarm clock. <laughs> so I every think, morning. I think you don't know me. You're all out of bed. <laughs> fearful of zombies. You look right into his eye. I think I would rather we not talk about it. Can we change the subject? Um The Rock. All things. Do you the smell rock. what he's cooking? I do smell what he's cooking because Steve is flapping. Did you walk by and do your special treat? Yeah, no. no. Kind of no reeks. You looked like you were getting flustered. And I was, I was to get getting a little, a little fanny I, I, I was getting flustered. Sort of, you know. The Rock uh, has signed to play Hercules in Brett Ratner's new adaptation of the Ooh. Radical Publishing comic. Another movie I can't wait to not Hercules see. Hercules in the Thracian Wars, Radical Publishing, the comic book. So. I think they should do Hercules and the Three Stooges using the Three Stooges that were just in the remake. And The Rock is Hercules? Yeah. Still pretty awesome. There was another movie that he signed on for. Yes, but I can't remember what was in comic Ciudad. book. Ciudad. It was comic book earlier. Ciudad? Yeah. Ciudad. What is Ciudad? Something about I don't a comic know. book. It was a... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, guys. Another comic, yeah. Okay. Apparently, Journey 2 made like $276 million or something. When like did that, that happen? I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea, but everybody was bagging on it that. It sold flick. drugs. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, how it did When it. did that happen? I don't recall. I don't, recall, I don't know anybody who's talked about it, said seen it. they've seen it, enjoyed it. I mean, it might be good. I'm not even criticizing. And just, the, the Lorax made 70-something million this last week. That is... Is that insanity? That's not too unexpected. Well, but... In it, this... In this in, uh, no, that's, that's, a, that's a film and, the most, most semi-hip parents would want to go see and take their kids as well. It wasn't a three-day weekend. It wasn't anything No, but it is a huge... But but a lot of people grew up watching that special. It's a great animated special. I'm just saying, though, 70 million? Uh, Maybe 50 million. Maybe 30 at the most. I'm just saying that it's... it's 70 is huge for a March debut. A family audience goes and they know. They're trusting the Lorax. And the Lorax has been everywhere. The Lorax was on The Voice. The Lorax was on American Idol. It's on every show. And it was... Dr. Seuss's birthday week. He yes, was in the. It was. It was released. He on was Dr. in the Seuss's silence birthday. your cell phone commercial for uh, yes. the movie. Yes, and on, he's uh, hawking SUVs it's on, on basketball games, and they even make the little noise. He's bouncing around. Wait a minute. The ecologically friendly yes, Lorax Rick. is hawking SUVs. Yes. Yay. Which says that the Mazda, Hybrids, the Mazda SUV hybrid is Truffula Tree approved, <laughs> which is like wow. Um. Again, mankind deserves to come to an end. Mm. Mankind is a god. It runs runs on Grinch blood. Did you see the Lorax? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I looked back over my... I was not given a press invitation. I don't think they actually invited the press, which tells me that they knew they had either... They had a critic-proof movie... Or that sucked because the last movie that didn't invite us was, of course, Ghost Rider Spirit of of Vengeance. Mm. So, um, you know, these are Mm. movies that they know they don't want anybody to see in advance. People are just going to go. So... Interesting. Did uh, we com- did you comment at all last week? I, I don't know because I thought it came out this week. The new Avengers trailer. Did you guys? We didn't really talk about it, but we saw we it. saw it in three D last night. Three D last night. Okay. Uh, Rick and I went to fully see, produced now. Went to see uh, John Carter. We'll get to that later. Yes. Uh, so we saw we saw the three D trailer. It yep. looked awesome. It did. It did. Uh, there wasn't a lot of three D that I felt in that movie. It just gave it the depth and 
kind of well, super it's a, shot in two. Right. It's a, yeah. it's a it's a post conversion. Right. But it didn't look bad. You know what my favorite part of that whole trailer is? So the big hero circular reveal of the team. Yeah. Right. You've got the Hulk and Hawkeye and Captain America and Iron Man and then and Black Widow. Black goes, Widow's like exploding <laughs> her little pistol, her little nine millimeter. Feel my sting. Yeah. I was just all <laughs> right. Get behind me, honey. Okay. <laughs> well, she's is she isn't she going to be turn out to be like the Hulk's handler then? Or I think that's the, what that seems to be what they're setting it up for. Um, in that when and how is she, she going to convince Bruce Banner? Well, I'm she really goes to Brazil to pick him up, India. right? India. Is it India now? I think yeah. it's India. They're moving him to India instead yes. of just having he him be in Brazil moving. the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. The where Andy was, was in the, ma- the mountains. He was in, in Alaska. Brazil. No, Brazil is where he where was at the beginning of Incredible Hulk. He starts in like Rio de Janeiro, doesn't he? He ends up in Alaska, and that's the last we'd see. Oh, man, you're a Hulk fan. Yeah. Didn't they go in through like a forest and you see him in a little hut? Yeah, there's no forest in Brazil. That's in Alaska. The jungles, jungle. That's what I mean. No, it wasn't it in was, jungle. No, it, it was an Alaskan forest. I'm gonna forest. watch the movie again tonight. It's Brazil. Okay. You do that? No, it's not. He, he, he starts started in Brazil. Brazil because he says, "You would not like me when I'm hungry." Because he translates poorly. No, I know that. Um, I remember Chinese. that. So, um, yeah, anyway, chilly. But yeah. we had uh, there's the, the the added scene in the latest one of of uh, Tony Stark coming around saying, "I'm bringing the party to you guys." Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think the scene where the Hulk catches Iron Man was pretty That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty rad. And, and like some of the things I've heard like internally is like they're going, well, the, the dialogue's really clever. It's not as action oriented as we'd hoped <laughs> yeah, with, right. yeah. with Joss Whedon directing. And I'm like, really? This is one of those criticisms where I go, what, what are you actually expecting? Because from that trailer, I just saw the Hulk catch Iron Man midair. break himself on the side of a building, and some kind of metallic serpent coming around the corner. I got plenty of action. No, but that's it. That's, all that's, that's it. All that's just comes around the corner and they all go, ah! And, they and then run. they say, and then they make a lot of pop culture references. Right, right. right. And they, they hide behind a corner and they all just rip <laughs> they on each other. They talk about their playlists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They say, wow, way to go, Zeppo. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was I was okay with that. Uh, a lot of photos got released this week for uh, one that I think Rick and I are probably into, Dark Shadows, the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp yep. revival. When are those guys, when are those guys going to work together? You know what I mean? Because I think they'd make a good combo. The really cool Burton thing I thought about the pictures was, was that Jonathan Frid, the original Barnabas Collins, yes. has a cameo and yes. is in the pictures. Yes. I thought he was dead. I am I'm so, <laughs> so he's he's not going to die. He still oh, goes he's a the, vampire. He yes. still goes to the conventions. They still have Dark Shadows conventions. I need to go to a Dark Shadows convention. And I have no idea. Yeah, you I find about it every time I get a catalog of all their uh their now they're on DVDs, but they were on tapes forever. Um they've got a new package that has all the edges lined up shows Jonathan in a coffin. Okay. Um but he goes to the. They have the the woman who played Angelique is a novelist yeah. and she's writing continuation novels. Yeah. So. Yeah. I saw that uh, Timber uh, Johnny Depp looked pretty cool, and again, I was just impressed that Jonathan Frid was there. So, and Quentin um, David Selby. Yeah. Right. Uh, was there too. So, although I don't think Quentin's a character in this movie, maybe for Dark Shadows too. Um, I think we should also note that uh, the guy who probably changed our childhoods um, more than people think, Ralph McQuarrie. Passed away. The guy who's basically did the design work on the Star Wars we all liked. Yes. British Columbia. Which is near 
Canada. Alaska. It's in, Canada. <laughs> it's in Canada, but it's closer to Alaska than Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> and the trees are a lot more. There's alike. only like a few hundred miles separating, as opposed to over a thousand. We were both wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and we shall stand at odds together. <laughs> British Thanks. Columbia. Thanks, Nate. Thanks. Took us right out of what um, <laughs> So let's just acknowledge that passing of, of Rob McQuarrie. Rob and, McQuarrie. Then, yep. and then we, and Rick and I saw John Carter last night. The movie we've been waiting our whole lives to be made. Maybe not my whole life, but certainly Since sort of a very it. large percentage. Yeah. And it's the movie you always, you always thought, how will they ever do this and make the Tharks convincing? How will they ever do this and have the fl- the flying ships and... How will they ever do this and have a woman dress like Dejathoris and not be PG thirteen R? It was PG thirteen. It was yeah, it, but and uh, the verdict is they hit on all cylinders. The only thing I I think the movie could have stood another editing cut. It was two hours twenty minutes long, which I think what was, the fuck? Which I will admit I felt was about twenty minutes too long. There were a yeah. couple places where. They dragged for exposition that they'd added to the story that wasn't really in uh, Burroughs' original. They do a clever twist at the end that they have to set up at the beginning. Uh, it's not spoilers, but but they could have left that out altogether. The book starts in action. It starts with the with John Carter being chased across the desert by Indians. He gets into a cave and he gets transported to Mars, and you're into the story. Native hey, American no or Indians? Native Americans. Mm. Apache. Apache, and there are and there is no real explanation. And I guess right. the thing is, you say now you have to give some kind of explanation. Right. So they they combined elements from the second novel, The Gods of Mars, with The Princess of Mars to and add some additional this. stuff that yeah. never had be. And do we accept this as longtime fans? I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, I think that it. I, if you're going to explain, if you have to have a convention that works in a very steampunky kind of way, I think it worked. I, I yeah. think. I think. How uh, did we feel about? Taylor, what's his last name? Hitch. 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 Kitch or Kitch? Hitch. How do we feel about the guy who played John Carter? You go first. <laughs> How'd you? Um, I thought in some places he was a, a little flat. Not my vision of of John Carter, but that's because I feel very influenced by both the art of John Buscema and the mm-hmm. art of Frank Frazetta, which is where you know, like the first version of uh, Princess of Mars I, I had was with. The Frank Rosetta cover, and so that that was kind of my my vision. Taylor, what the heck is his last name? Kitch. Kitch. Okay. Kitch or Hitch? Kitch. Kitch. Okay. okay. Taylor Kitch. Um, he's kind of flat toned. I saw like an extended clip online. And he's like, oh, I'm talking like this. Or, yeah. Well, that's his real voice. Is that how yeah. he really talks? And, and that was. And, he didn't and, play Gambit like that. And it was. Well, he didn't oh, talk very much Gambit. No, he really didn't. But. It, I thought he was good. He it just took me a little bit to get up because the one thing they try to establish is that he's older than the kid playing Edgar Rice Burroughs, yeah. Daryl Sabara from um, Spy Kids. Oh, is uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and it's supposed to be uncle nephew. And I that part of it I couldn't buy that John Carter was significantly older. Right. Well, um, maybe his uh, sister was. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, but I, the, but I, I liked him. At, you know, he was serviceable, and I really thought the woman who played uh, Deja Thoris um, that the movie really had to work. She had to be the key to me 
And she was. She was She was great. My problem with him was they added this whole backstory of him being kind of damaged from mm-hmm. something that happened on Earth before he went to Mars that was still affecting him and he had overcome, which was never a part of the story. And it, it kind of undercut the – he's a gentleman from Virginia. Yeah. And that's what makes him uh, this up, upstanding stalwart knight of a man on Mars – but instead, you get this kind of reluctant hero at the beginning. Well, unfortunately, that's the language of cinema, though. And I also it? think so. if you'd made him a gentleman from Virginia in the way in the time period, that would also have implied slave owner, and you had and to do racist and, and racist. So you had, which it, it was. The original stories really are; they have their moments, and as I say, is you know, there's this sense of racism which he kind of overcomes and unites. Yeah. As the green men hate the red men. And well, the red there's a racism the on Mars. Yes. He, he, there's nothing about him having had because slaves. It, because there's never. Anything. But but and the then thing he comes is, home to a slave. But for like, our audience now, if you say he, this is happening in the 1860s, and he's from Virginia, the shortcut, if he's a gentleman, is he probably had slaves. Yeah, yeah. but he was not a. How yeah. many current? High schoolers know that <laughs> there were slaves in Virginia in the 1880s. No. They, I, I, they couldn't even 60s. tell you what year the Civil War was. But I, I totally agree with you on, on Deja Thoris. She was an action hero princess. And, and hot. And hot is. and funny. The she's, timing, the jokes. You were Wolver- laughing out loud she's like Wolverine's five- wife in um, Moon Bloodgood? No, in, oh. X, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, the one that has the power to wait, make him fall wait, off. wait. Both these people were, were in, in Wolverine Origin. Were in X Men Origin. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, not and, seeing it. But then uh, you also, next you're going to tell me there was like another. You had Willem Spider Man De- villain or something. You in did. There. You had Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church no, as Sparks. No. Yeah. Oh God. And uh, and then a well, lot. This of, is a Disney movie, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're poaching uh, Marvel characters from other companies. Oh, exactly. I hadn't thought of that. Exactly. Uh, and James Purifoy uh, and Kieran Hines, who uh, was in Harry Potter, the last Harry Potter movie, mm-hmm. as Dumbledore's brother, and was in the, the Woman in Black. And so a guy who was like, "Wow, he's making a lot of movies because I'm seeing him all James over the place." James Purifoy from True Blood. James Purifoy from uh, Harry Potter. Solomon Kane, and uh, he. Uh, what else was he in? Harry Potter. Rome. Was he in Rome? I, see I don't Rome. recall. I just watched Solomon Kane, so. Yeah, he's Solomon. I was not prepared with how funny and how well the humor worked in that story. Yeah. Um, like I thought – because one of the things like like Lon had criticized from the trailer was the idea we, – we've seen these. Obviously, he has the super strength because he's on the different planet. Right. But, and I don't remember it from the book is they actually had a little sequence of figuring out because he's this guy in the 1860s. Trying to figure out how to walk. Who would not have any – he doesn't know he's not on Earth and suddenly he can't walk because every step he takes sends him spinning in the letter gravity. That so they, does happen in the book. So they actually – you know, they did a really good visual of him learning how – relearning how to walk and function on, on the planet. It was so hilarious. It was really funny. So um, – And then was the – Go ahead. Does anybody come up to him and go, the reason you're flying around because the gravity is nope. different? So you well, just have the, to figure that out on your own? Was it more it does or get less? Expl- it does get explained by one of the characters. Oh, by okay. uh, Tars Tarkas later? No, no, no. no. By um, Dejah Thoris? No, by one of the... Um, I don't want to give... It's a spoiler. The Oompa Loompas, okay. Right, right, right. right. Okay, just shush. Yeah. Was him learning how to walk more or less funny than... Tony Stark learning how to use the Iron Man armor. Or Peter Parker learning how to shoot webs. Mm, I found it more funny. 
Mm. But 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 in it's context, on parallel, but me. in context, yeah. totally in context. Do they play so. like cute Randy Newman music while no, he's doing it? Oh. Do they say, "Hey, dude, you're no, on it Mars"? No, it is an interesting production thing where they thanked everybody from Pixar at the end, and this had been announced originally as a Pixar mm. uh, production, but they separated it out, and yet the people that you know, a lot of people that worked on it and the director himself was is a Pixar person, and I know that the Pixar personnel. Their brains were picked very heavily while they were uh, while they were putting this movie together. So, what was the music like when he was trying to learn how to walk? Was it kind of clumsy, bouncy, like boom, boom? I I will boom. I will say that the music did not boom. stick in my head at all. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking when they were starting out, I was thinking that was an interesting theme at the beginning of the movie when they're when they're doing credits yeah. and stuff. But that was about it. Is there a theme song from Queen? That's no, all I want to no, know. No, no, Or like Nickelback or some no, other no, heavy no, metal no band. Pop, no pop music in there at all. Like John Carter. Nothing like that. Nothing like from that. Because that would have been awesome. Just go for it, you know. Uh, do they ever refer to themselves as being on Mars? Barsoom. He figures it out. Marsoom? Barsoom. 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 That's what they okay. call it. Okay. I mean, Digital Mars. I'd like to give Because no people Barsoom. on Earth call it Mars. People right. on Mars probably don't call it Mars. They call no. it Barsoom. They, Do they call Earth Earth? Jarsoom. There's a, Jarsoom? There's a sequence I've where they're wondered. going over all the nine planets and they're naming them together. Excellent. Now, wait a second. What gentleman from Virginia in 18-whatever knows, knows that there are even planets out there? That's John a misconception Carter. about 19th century education. Mm-hmm. They did know that much. Then how come they still enslaved people? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I feel... <laughs> Lawn for the win. Thank you. Wow, that was... What? I've always wondered why... So we're going to have to break you up. You're Martian Manhunter is from Mars and says, Hey, I'm from Mars with all the Martians because people on Earth call Mars Mars. But he acclimated People first. on Mars don't call Mars Mars. Right, he acclimated first. That was and then he was English. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yes. He lived so among the humans Mars before. in his language is unpronounceable to right. our right. human brains. Right. Sort of like Spock's first name. Okay. Oh, Mr. Spock is his last I know name? Say in, the, in the original series, they said he, somebody asked him, yeah, he's Mr. Spock, and somebody asked him, what's your first name? And he said, you couldn't pronounce it. Oh, and he's like, well, come on, try me out, come on. Okay. And the guy's all, <laughs> and then he disappeared. <laughs> A witch told you! It's actually Brett Snyder. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to end now. Now that you said that, I'm done. But no, we have to talk a little television. Terra Nova got canceled. Shame. Uh, oh, that's too bad. You know, you know why, right? No, it I don't. sucked. Because Spielberg didn't listen to my idea. What was your idea? Saddles on, on dinosaurs. dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm sure it was there for season two, but he couldn't get around to it. Well, you blew you it, Stevie. You take the teeth out of the raptors. <laughs> you blew it. Wow. Raptor, raptor gums are pretty bad, too. <laughs> wow. Okay. And you want to talk Walking Dead? Let's do it. Spoilers on, Dead. ladies Spoiler and gentlemen. Spoiler alert. Okay. If you are not caught up, then you, need to, not, okay. you need to go. pause this podcast, go watch the latest episode, and then come back to your computer after you've gotten maybe a drink or a soda or some other refreshment, and then check your email real fast to make sure that you know your Facebook and everything's up to date. Then unpause the podcast and join Dale's us. Dale's dead. Right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just bored me more than a lost conversation. Go ahead. Dale's dead. So Dale gets offed. 
by the zombie. In direct contradiction to the comics, exactly. right? Exactly. Oh, Dale Not necessarily. Dale lasts much longer in the comics, let's just say that. He yeah. still dies, though. Uh, spoilers on for the comic book! Mm. Retroactive! <laughs> no erases! Uh, the zombie that Carl was throwing rocks at, that shook loose from his mud the jail cell. Stuck in the mud, which is where they kept on finding the zombies. Yeah, yeah. That was clever. I like that. Comes back around to eat and a cow. surprisingly sneaks up. That was the in one, an open field, which the I one don't issue I now, had. Were you with me? Where where he's going out and there's a cow's laying there and his he got his guts out and stuff. And I'm thinking, zombie cow. I no. was thinking zombie cow for a second because its head moved, and I thought this cow is not going. Kirkman to Kirkman has no. said on Kirkman, Talking Dead, no zombie animals. Kirkman did say that, and I was like, if he gets up as a zombie cow, I'm going to be pissed at Robert Kirkman. So luckily, that didn't happen. I'd be going, how do you deal with a zombie cow? So. The problem is this. They could have put that cow behind some bushes in the trees. Right, right, right. Because if Dale found it there, then it'd be okay for the zombie to somehow sneak up. Harder to move the cameras around. Because somehow this zombie that's shambling around and making noise (laughs) walks around an open field to get behind Dale, who walked field of vision here. He walks up to a cow and sees it. How did he not see the zombie? Well, and how did the zombies know to sneak up? Are they smarter? Well, I don't think it knew to quiet. sneak up. It just walked it away from the It's walking cow. through grass. You know, yeah. It just walked away from the cow that it was done eating. In the defense, though, it was the middle of night. True. So yeah. maybe it was, you know, yes, we can see a that lot That didn't clearer. bother me. I was totally expecting it to happen. We're all waiting for a zombie. Vision. I did not think Dale would be too slow to shoot. Or overpower him. Here's the other thing I understand is like this guy was this thing wasn't strong enough to free itself exactly. from the mud. Totally emaciated. Totally did though after Carl whatever. But <laughs> you're telling me that Glenn, a human being, not Glenn, uh, Dale. Dale, a human being with a pumping heart and blood and muscles, could not overpower this zombie with no pumping heart, no muscle. You know he couldn't just but throw it him over. Feels no pain, so it has unlimited strength. Right. Sure, but at the same time, they're frail, decaying corpses. It got the jump on him. That's all. It did get the jump on him. So Dale was a weakling. But I'm going with Lon's logic. It's the only thing that gives me solace in case of a zombie apocalypse. They just, it just, they don't make sense. I would have just thought he's going to at least swing the butt of the rifle up into its head or something. He got taken, uh, taken aback. At least he yelled loud enough for everyone to get out there and watch him die. It was Die a nice after death. Getting his stomach ripped open. Oh, great. That was great. When he got eviscerated, and that was then, pretty cool. Uh, did you watch The Talking Dead afterwards? I sure did. With the explanation as to how the zombie could tear open his stomach? Yeah. That yeah. was... Uh, Bony ugh. fingers. Yeah. And great. I did like the, the subtle touch of him when they go to spare him the pain. Lifting his head Raising his head to, his the, head to yeah. the gun. Just do it, man. I'm sorry, guys. He didn't say it. You didn't no, say it. He didn't say anything, but you was thinking it. You yeah. could see it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, too, we were uh, playing. I don't know if I mentioned this because I've been gone a couple podcasts. Uh, me and my friends started a, a Walking Dead uh, drinking game. And that was an effect this episode. And we did pretty good. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Define pretty good. You stayed sober or got a- the drinking game is every time John Bernal, the actor, man. says, hey, man, or, you know, man to use his, like, uh, southern accent or yeah. to pretend he has an accent, you have to take a drink. So he was in, like, six, I think, by the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, come on, man. Come on, Carl, man. Come on, man. What did I tell you, man? Every time you do that, you got to take a drink. So okay. if you're playing along at home, play the Shane drinking game on Walking Dead 
and you'll get hammered. What do you think about the guy that they can't kill? <laughs> the- oh, oh, you know what? Here's what I wanted to say about that. So, uh, is that Michael Rooker's character? No, no, it's, no, no, no. It's Randall. A new character, yeah, yeah Randall, Randall in the name. barn. I don't remember the actor's name. It was a guy who was sniping at them from a roof, and then all his buddies ran off. The zombies are coming into town. He falls off a roof and impales his leg on a spike in the fence. So they have a choice. They Everybody wanted to leave him. They start to operate on his leg right there to remove Which it. Which is ridiculous. As the zombies are closing in on them and, and Glenn is running out of ammo, fighting, fighting off this big, big roamer group. Mm-hmm. Rick finally just grabs a leg and rips it up off the spike, and they get him in the car. But then they take him back to the house, hooded, so he can't see where he's going because they don't know where he came from. Right. They fix his leg. They Miraculously. Take, they take him out to a school. It was a mac- miraculous. Some kind of school schoolyard to let him go. And he makes the mistake of saying that he of letting him know he, he knew where school. he was. Yeah, I went to school with Maggie. Come on, man. And so Rick and Shane have to decide whether or not they're going to kill him or take him back. And of course, they take him back. And now they've got to decide what are they going to do with him because they can't let him go back to his his, his buddies clan. Yeah. Because if you read the book. Didn't a guy that was one of the governor's toadies run away from the group and say, lead the governor back there? Didn't I don't that know. Happen? Yeah, I that think happened Rick after. actually killed him, though. Well, should we mention, well, by the way, him. they have cast the governor? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked, I, forget uh, the name. I think we talked we, about David that two, Morrissey? two weeks ago. Did we talk yeah. about it two weeks ago? I think so. Okay. It's feeling a lot like Lost when, um, what's his name, showed ben up. Ben Linus. Never yeah. say that. I will say this, though. It was, it was the way it was written made a lot of sense because... The arc of the story was showing how Carl, the son, was basically heading towards a dark side yeah. and losing his humanity, whereas Rick was actually kind of leaning towards Shane and becoming kind of this cold, kind of heartless guy. And they were going to off this kid with, you know, the, the prisoner with just kind of no remorse. And, you know, and Dale is kind of the voice of humanity and of the lost humanity and trying to stay light. It's like you could, ki- you could kill him, but what would that do to us? Right. And so basically it comes to a point where Rick is just going to off the kid and Carl walks in and goes, do it, dad. Do it, dad. Do it. And so Rick is basically you needed Carl to go dark so that Rick wouldn't go all the way dark and come back. But you also needed to sacrifice somebody to bring Carl back. So because the fact that Carl freed and essentially freed the zombie that came and killed. It was a total Spider-Man moment. Did anybody yeah. else yeah. think that? Absolutely. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's told Spider-Man moment. That was my zombie. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So, in a sense, Carl now is pulled, like, his, in, you know, I get, like, that dark side. He's seen the repercussions from that. So, it's almost like Carl got pulled back because Dale was, in a sense, sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And you know, now he, he knows, with great power, a.k.a. stealing a gun from Daryl. Mm-hmm. And he's great zombies. responsibility, a.k.a. shooting the zombie in the head instead of throwing rocks at it, sneaking up on it, falling down, dropping the gun, and then running away Or at least telling somebody where the F you are. That's the other thing. Carl is constantly not with his mom mm-hmm. or dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, where's Carl? I don't know. I thought he was with you. Yeah. Really? What? During you- the zombie apocalypse, A, you can't keep your eye on your kid. B, the kid is so stupid after seeing... Numerous that's a, people that's get a pretty eaten. big departure from the comic. He's not like that in the comic. No, I mean he's he a, has his dark side, turd. but he, he does obey his parents. Exactly. And, yeah, but that's kind of another problem with the deviation from the original story. They've got to fill up 
yeah. hours on the television show yeah, to right. do it. So, awesome but I'm still episode. in. Two more episodes left. Awesome episode. That was a good one, yeah. yeah. I okay. thought it was awesome. Good payoff at the end. I don't know. The rest of the episode was kind of slow. Well, there was a lot of talking. There was a lot. There was a bit. Like, what I do did we like, do? There, what, did anybody think when Carl was in the barn with Randall that he was going to kill him while he was standing yes, there? Yes, I definitely thought there that. There was a thought. And was did cross- you watch Talking Dead after where they said that, uh, or was it Talking Dead or was it something else that I saw? Where anyway, the uh, when at the end of the episode, when Dale is about to get killed, they showed Daryl with the oh, prisoner that was sharpening Dead. a knife. Because he was about to stab the guy and kill him, uh, the prisoner. But once Dale yells, he runs out to see what's going on. Okay. So Daryl was going to take the initiative to just get rid of the guy. Cause I want to drag this on it. just a little bit. We didn't talk about last week's episode. My favorite scene so far is the zombie three-way that uh, Rick has with... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds nasty the way you yeah. put it. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry? Rick what? had a zombie three-way? <laughs> but, but Rick basically takes on there are three zombies that come out in between two cars he he falls to the ground kills his first zombie it falls on him pinning him down the second zombie comes up he gets it just as it's reaching down for him so now he's got two zombies on top of him a third one is crawling over the other two trying to get at rick and he can't get a good shot around the head of the second zombie so he puts the gun in the zombie's mouth and shoots out the back of the zombie's head, the second zombie's head to kill the third one. That was excellent. that was awesome. It was a pretty well done effect too, because I don't know yeah. if it was uh, part CGI or part practical, but it looked really good. So. It was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Was good job, scene. Rick. Yeah, okay. And nice. Rick and Rick, both yeah, of you. Both good you. job. Thank Thanks and for that Schneider. horrible image that went into my head for a split <laughs> second and is now kind of burned in. Did anybody watch Awake? The Jason no. Isaacs Parallel Universe show. Is it a parallel? It's, I Maybe. guess so. Maybe. Is he awake? It's, it's kind of like the same thing as Life on Mars, you know? Uh, no, no, it's it's not, though. He's got two completely separate lives. We're only seeing it from his perspective, though. So, so far. it could be his psychosis. Could be. That's what, that's proved, what Life on Mars is the same way. You don't know if no, you No, because you only see one perspective. That We only see one reality in Life right. on Mars. And in this, it's that, it, yes, he, there's been a car accident. One, his wife was killed, and he's living with his son. And then he goes to sleep, and he wakes up in the universe where his son was killed in the car accident, and his wife survived. Did you watch it? I did watch the pilot. And they show multiple perspectives? They show both realities will go equally, and his, he has therapists in both realities right. that actually start communicating with each other. Do they ever have scenes where him. he is not present? Apparently they do in the second episode. Okay. I haven't watched it That's yet. That's the cutting so part. That's the, that's the cutting point. But what did like, you think? I really enjoyed the first episode. It was uh, directed by uh, David Slade, who directed Hard Candy. And uh, so... It was getting alone, high praise on the interwebs. Really great pilot yeah. episode. I've heard the second episode wasn't quite as strong, but it was an interesting idea. One of those where I thought, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, again, easy for us as comic book fans. We could keep it straight. But it was it was just... It was, it was interesting. And I, and I think if it had ended with just the pilot episode, I would have thought, wow, that was a really good short movie. Like, I... Oh, okay. Would have been completely satisfied by that. So, if nothing else, I recommend watching that that pilot. As opposed to many pi- other pilots I've watched this season, where like I have not okay. been interested in watching further, but I at least love that first episode. So hmm. I just didn't have time to go into the second one last week. So I'm going to hmm. catch up hopefully uh, this weekend. Hmm. So, um, and then uh, Rick uh, snagged his little giveaway thing here. We have a giveaway. We have a giveaway, um, which is a complete first season DVD 
from uh, who's this? Entertainment One uh, of Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. See, listener, aren't you glad you stayed what through the, the whole podcast? Featuring Jason Muse. Featuring Jason, Jason Muse. What the uh, hell is this? Uh, this is on uh, Fearnet. Which let, it, let me see that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, check it out. So it's, I, it's I, a TV series, and they're, they're and starting Comcast. their second season. Fearnet's on Comcast, so I know that. I think there's a Fearnet.com, and I don't know if you can watch it online or not. But this is the complete first season. Second season starts what March? Th- I did not do that. March fifteenth. No, 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 I, I think it was it was <laughs> it was loosely wrapped, Lon. So yes, if you win this, the back uh, looks like the Breakfast Club. Yeah, it does. It's kind of a cross. They say it's a cross between the Breakfast Club. Um, Have you watched any of it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Evil Dead and um, something else. I forgot. Let me uh, let me just read from the back of the DVD. Go cover. ahead, Lon. Go ahead. Imagine a book of awesome power that will make your deepest, darkest desires come true, oh, but at a horrifying cost. This is the Book of Pure Evil, and it's loose in Crowley High. Thankfully, one oversexed teenager stands between the Book of Pure Evil and the end of the world as we know it. His name is Todd, and he will save our asses, whether he likes it or not. So it's got Jason. Hell Mew, yeah, Jason Mewes in it. And he's kind of a, a secondary character. He shows up every uh, now and then, and um, but it's uh, it's a bunch of boochies. It's high. It's he doesn't say it. Oh, um, it. It's a bunch of high school kids, and they're you know the the main character, of course, is this nerdy, not not popular kid who until he gets the book of evil, and then well, they said he was oversexed. Yeah, well, he course, must be popular. Oversexed. All by nerds are oversexed. Rosie Palmer. They're under, underused, but they're oversexed. Yes, that's what it means. Yeah. Oversex means not getting any? Not necessarily. It doesn't mean necessarily. It means you're obsessed with it. Oh, oh I guess I'm so, oversexed. Yeah, Lon's, Lon's <laughs> learned a new adjective for himself. It's going to go on the business card. Yes. Uh, but it's it's not it's so not the, along with Calipogenius. Not the highest production level, production level production, but it's it's uh, good fun. And if is you it like better than the Guild, no production wise. Uh, production wise, production wise, yes, yes. I will admit, I find the Guild really really funny. I I and, love the Guild. And taught so. in the book of Pure Evil. I watched the first episode. I found it funny, but not as funny. But not friend as funny of the as program, the guild. Yeah. Sean right? Becker. And that's the thing. If the makers of Todd and the Book of Pure Evil would become friends of the program, I'd probably find it hilarious. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, not as hilarious well, as Sean Becker because Sean was there first. I've been corresponding. They've been very nice people, and okay. I, I think this is a wonderful disc for someone to win by. Have we decided how we're going to give it away? Uh, we haven't decided. Should we decide right here? Um, you guys let's hold some sort of contest. You brought in a that. giveaway and didn't have a contest. No, we didn't think okay. about the contest. So. You have to contact us, and you can do that by sending us email off of any of the links on the Fanboy Planet website mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or joining our Facebook page and posting something on the Facebook page. Okay. Where's that book of questions you had last And I think what we, are, ago, what we want to do is we want to say you've got to mention... Oversexed. No. Oh, okay. You have to mention... Todd in the Book of Pure Evil in a message to us, and you're entered. That's that fair sound? enough. That is it's fair enough. It's going to be a random drawing? Yes, it will be a random, random drawing of everybody who mentions it. When we got to have a cutoff date. Two weeks. So, uh, but when we, will you likely have this posted? Probably. I'll probably have this posted on Sunday, but we'll we'll have it we after at the end of the month. Two podcasts from now will be the cutoff. We'll announce it in the third podcast okay. from now. Okay. 
that's that's fair enough. So yes. So if you're going to enter this, you should know that season two starts March 13th. So start your DVR if you haven't watched season one yet. You may be the winner, and if you don't win, you can just erase whatever you recorded for season two. <laughs> well, you- mm, nicely, nicely put. Yeah. And I will throw this out there to uh, people who have written not in earlier and got uh, rewards that uh, you can enter this contest. Yes, this is Hint, different. Brian, this is not related. It's been a while Shimata. since I've run one on the website, so yes, this is this is good. And uh, Nate, you had one more thing you wanted. to I say? I did want to mention one thing, yes. which is probably going to be long-winded. Oh crap! If you haven't listened to the Image Expo interviews, <laughs> do it. They give away. Everybody I talked to gave me some kind of uh, upcoming news. The Jim Valentino interview, admittedly, is poor, but I take the blame for that because I didn't ask good questions. Okay. Uh, Image Expo was awesome because everybody that was there was awesome. All kinds of creators and professionals that were super nice and open to interviews, except for one who I won't mention. Okay. Okay. And then, if you're wondering who that is, just write in and ask us at editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Or if you guess in and write, or if write you, in if you write guess in and correctly. guess correctly, you maybe guess, you'll win something. Maybe you'll get something from an interview swag bag. Uh, so, in the meantime, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Nate Costa, collector of rare birds and owner of a pet dolphin. Wow. I'm Lon Lopez, and consider me impressed. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com.